right to start. <laughs> All right, are we good? Okay. So just like Micah, I'm going to start out, this is always a good place to start, with gratitude. Amen. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter that I'm a preacher's kid, it's still an honor that I get to be up here and to give out to everybody else, because not everybody gets this opportunity, and even some preacher's kids disqualify themselves from it. So I'm grateful that I have the opportunity, and also, Micah, give me some, that was so good. When you look at your life, no matter what it may look like to your natural eyes, there's so much to be grateful for. Amen. Because you don't know where God has done things that you haven't been able to see. I'm grateful. I remember being the only boy in the Treasure Seekers class and, we, and praying for boys, and God gave me good boys like that to be friends. Amen. So let's start out in prayer. Father, we recognize you here. It says that if two or more are gathered together in your name, which I believe there's more than enough here, that you are among them. So we welcome your presence, and I ask for your help. I want the glory to be for you. It doesn't matter if I get the glory or if I talk well or speak well. It doesn't matter. But I want the people to be blessed, and I ask you to help me to give out in a way that they can receive. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, I recognize that in the camp meeting, when I would say, God has something for me in this service, I'd receive something. Exactly what I needed for the moment. So, just repeat after me. God has something for me in this service. And I'm going to receive it. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, you know... We talk so much in these Word and Spirit churches, which is great, about the blessings that God has given us. We talk about the spiritual side. He saved us. We are going to heaven. We talk about the physical side, healing, living financially prosperously. But how many of you know that he paid just as much so that you could live right in your mental life? And really, if you think about it, that's a greater feat than healing in your physical body. To be able to think right and think the way God thinks. Amen. So what I wanted to talk to you about was peace, not worry. Not worry. You know, a lot of people that just aren't taught, religious people, think that they have to worry about certain things. People are taught in their household to worry about things, worry about finances. And really, you could say worry as being anxious, fretful, overly concerned. If you are overly, overly concerned about anything in your life, then you are worrying about it. So what I wanted to prove to you from the word, first off, is that you do not have to worry in your life. God has not called you to worry. Okay? So open to 1 Corinthians 14, 
Say amen when you get there. Still hear some pages flipping. All right. It says, For he who is the source of their prophesying is not a God of confusion and disorder, but of peace and order, as is the practice in all the churches of the saints, God's people. Amen. So, first off, it says right there, God is not the author, or he is not a God of confusion. Yes. Amen. And how many of you know, I have been there before, Worry is confusing <laughs> because your mind is always going from one side of the situation to the next side of the situation. And you're stuck in the middle going like this. And it's an awful thing. I've been there. And it's not, it's confusing. It's not right. It's stressful. Okay. So God has not authored confusion for any of his children's lives. Amen. He's talking to the Corinthians, but it's in the Bible for a reason. That's right. Okay? Another thing, God has not called you to a life of stress. Your life as a Christian, which this goes against what religion teaches, it doesn't have to be hard. If, you're, if it's hard for you, you're doing it out of your own works and out of your head. Because if you were really relying on Jesus, it wouldn't be so hard. Because God doesn't mess up or fail. Worry will bring no good thing to your life, but will rather steal your joy, rob you of peace, and will lead you down a path of stress and confusion. And one thing I've noticed, I'm just talking from my own experience. The, the sin of worry is like not a sand trap, but quicksand. The longer you stand in it, the more you will be drowned out, and you're you're suffocating yourself spiritually. Because you're you're bringing your whole attention to what's in your head, and you're losing complete track of what's in your spirit, and it makes it hard to hear from God. You're forgetting your real answer, and. If you're mentally assenting, as it's called, over the word, it'll lead to confusion if you're worrying about it. Because you'll think, the word says this in one place, but in another place it says this. So where am I at in my actions? And you're not following what's in your spirit, and that's how you mess up and fail. Worry does not belong to a Christian's life. And with God's help, I'm going to prove that to you in the word. Turn to Matthew 6, 25 through 27. Thank you. And for a lot of these verses, I'm going to be reading out of the Amplified Translation if you'd just rather listen. Okay. It says, therefore, I tell you, and this is Jesus talking, Amen. God's son Amen. who only says what he hears his father say. Amen. Remember, I'm trying to prove to you that you don't have to worry in your life. Amen. He says, therefore, I tell you, stop being perpetually uneasy, anxious, and worried about your life. Okay? 
right there. And the King James, I, I really like, this is one of the few times I really prefer the King James translation because it says, take no thought take for your life. Yeah. Take no thought. If you, and what that implies is you're receiving a thought. You're grabbing hold of it. You're taking the thought. This is, this may blow some of your spiritual minds. Just because a thought comes doesn't mean you have to think it. Just because a thought comes does not mean it's your thought. Because when you're redeemed, it says that you have the mind of Christ. Which means that anything that doesn't line up with the word of God is not your thought. But you can take the thought. Just like you're dead to sin, but you can still grab hold of the sin and take it. Okay. So I'm going to continue reading. Therefore I tell you, stop being perpetually uneasy, anxious and worried about your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, or about your body. What you shall put on is not life greater in quality than food and the body, far above and more excellent than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father keeps feeding them. Are you not worth much more than they? So look at the birds' action. They're not in their head trying, oh, wait. I got to sow a seed if I want to eat, which you do need to sow seed. That's not what I'm saying, but they're in their head. I got to do this to live. I got to have, they're in their head about what they need to do to live. You got to do what God says, but you don't have to be overly concerned in your head. And who of you by worrying and being anxious can add one unit of measure, cubit, to his stature or to the span of his life. Yeah. Worrying will not add one second to your life. Yeah. I'll just tell a story that I heard about Brother Hagen for a second. They were walking on the front porch. I may not be telling this right. And his wife has got his kids there. And she said, I don't think you'd worry if we dropped dead. And you know what he said? Well, You'd be, a, you'd be a fool then to try to worry then. He said that she was pretty mad. But the point remains, is you worrying going to bring them back from the dead? There's no point wasting your time concerned about something in the past. Okay, skip down to verse 31. Therefore, do not worry and be anxious saying, what are we going to eat, what are we going to have to eat, or what are we going to have to drink, or what are we going to have to wear, okay? And you may think, oh, I just don't have to worry about these certain things. But if you look at verse 25, it just says, don't worry about your life, about your life, about your life. Young people, the devil has tried to trip me up on this one big time. Because I value doing the right thing in my future and following the plan of God for my future. He doesn't care how old you are. He will turn your sincerity against you. And that's such the dangerous thing about receiving thoughts. 
is that he'll use your sincerity to turn your right thoughts into wrong thoughts. Okay, so I just, the, probably the biggest example, I want to marry the right person. Because especially in a ministry family, if I marry wrong, that could destroy the legacy of my family. But he'll turn that into you trying to figure it out. Is this one the right one? No. And he's got you going like this. And sooner or later, you're going to bump your head into something. And you're going to get confused. So young people, this is what I've been saying. I'm just not going to think about it. I'm going to let God do all the heavy work. I've made this decision. God is going to do all the heavy work. I'm going to be at the right place at the right time. And all I'm going to have to do is say yes. That's all you have to do is say yes to what God wants. And let me tell you, it will be... It'll be better than the wildest dream that you could have thought of. If you just let God do the work. You know, and that makes your life easy. Okay, we'll come back to Matthew chapter 6 later on, I believe. So turn to 2 Timothy 1.7. Again, trying to prove to you, worry, it's not a need for you. It's not a necessity for you to worry. It doesn't belong to you. Amen. And you know, I'm getting something out of this myself because this is encouraging me because I have personally dealt with this. Okay, it says, for God did not, again out of the Amplified, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craven, of cringing and fawning fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of a calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. What this shows to me is you he's given you authority and you a place. Is a parent stressing out thinking about what to do with their child? They're the ones that's got the authority, and they're not going to worry about it. They can command things to happen, and it be, that's what's going to happen. And they don't have to lose their peace about it. So he's given you a calm. How many of you know work? How many have experienced worry in their life? Pretty much like everybody how many of you know it's not calm? You're right. You're right. Everybody can say worry is not calm. It's not well balanced. Because, again, you're going from one side to the next. And it's not a disciplined thought life. When you think about worry, just, just even in the natural, it's not, it's not orderly. It's not disciplined. It's not controlled. You're just go. You're wild. It's like the bull when it gets let out of the gate. It's everywhere, right? That, that is what worry will do to your brain. Again, I've experienced it. Don't get there yourself. It's torture. It's 
literal torture. You, I got to the place, this is kind of funny, I couldn't do a small thing without the thought of worry. And he'd try to use the sincerity of my heart against me. Convincing me of sin. I'll give you a good laugh. You know, I do the churchyard out here on the mower, okay? And in the summertime, all the, all the bumblebees go and they're, they're getting on the flowers underneath you, yeah. right? So I got to the point, I wouldn't want to shed innocent blood. <laughs> so I would stop. I would stop the mower and wait for the bee to leave. Literally talking about would it hurt a fly, right? How many of you know I'm not waiting on the bees anymore? But that shows you, again, like I said, the longer you stay in it, the worse you will get, the, the smaller the things you'll start to worry about. First uh, Corinthians, I may not go there for time's sake, but... 1 Corinthians 2.16 says in the latter part of the verse that we have the mind of Christ. Did Jesus display a life of worry, stress, uneasiness, rushing all the time? This is how I see Jesus. With people walking beside him. And I imagine him being one of the calmest, nicest, most... Maybe not easy to be around all the time, but someone, you get around people like Pastor Nancy and Dr. Jacobs, and which I've had the privilege of, and see them when they're not in the pulpit. You know, Dr. Jacobs, he can get aggressive in the pulpit, right? He's one of the sweetest people I've ever met. Same with Pastor Nancy. She's calm all the time. And that shows spiritual maturity. Okay, so I'm going to flip over to Psalm 37, verse 1. You can go there if you'd like to, or you can just listen. Okay, it says, Fret not yourself because of evildoers, Neither be envious against those who work unrighteousness, that which is not upright or in right standing with God. So we're going to do a little bit of connecting the dots. Right? It says, or how many of you know Satan is an evildoer? Right? Plain and simple. And neither be envious of those who work unrighteousness, I am not envious of the devil. And I'm not going to, so when the devil tries to attack you, this says, fret not because of evildoers. I don't have to worry about him coming. Which we'll talk more about your authority later on, because I'm going to give you not only what a problem is, I'm going to give you the answer to the problem. Okay? So, Don't fret because the devil comes or because a thought comes. You just don't worry about it. That's 
you know, he may try to attack you with something, but if he gets you worrying, it's just, he's got you. In that moment, he's got you, even though he may have been bringing something else against you. So if you think about uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 31, therefore do not worry, saying. So God doesn't want us to speak worry. And because we have the mind of Christ and a sound mind, or even think it. It's not good enough to just not talk worry, which if you think about it long enough, you will talk it anyways, no matter how hard you try. And he has made it possible to not speak worry or to think it. He has given us the mind of Christ as well as a sound mind, and he wouldn't give us a command that we couldn't fulfill. Do you think that's good enough evidence to say you don't have to worry? I gave it to you right there. Right there, and a good translation. But just in case that wasn't enough, go to Philippians chapter 4. This may be the last nail on the head just for this one little segment. Thank you. Appreciate it. Say amen when you get there. Okay. It says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Right? Okay. That, I mean, you don't, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, I've given you like, what, four? Okay. So, Now I'll show you what does belong to you as a gift from God to counteract worry and stress. You may have got it from the title if I said the title. Okay, Galatians chapter 5. Verse 22. It says, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which his presence within accomplishes, is love, joy, gladness, peace. You can just stop there. This is the work which he, which his presence accomplishes inside of us. When you're saved, he comes inside of you, correct? Which means that when you're saved... Peace now belongs to you, and as we just talked about, worry does not. Okay? So, I'm going to go back to Philippians, if you just want to flip to the right again. Chapter 4, same passage. So we read, or here, I'll read all of verse 6. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, definite requests with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God, 
and God's peace shall be yours. That tranquil state of, of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ, and so fearing nothing from God and being content with its early th earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's why you get an Amplified Classified. So, which this actually isn't mine. Thank you. But what I'd like to point out, first off, it says, do not fret first. So you got to leave worry behind. Leave it behind and God's peace shall come. Or at least manifest itself because it already belongs to you. And what peace will do, if you will stay in the flow of peace in your life, it will set up a garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. So when you're, you're focusing on your spirit, right? And you've got the peace of God inside your spirit. If whenever a thought may come, you say, no, I've got peace. That's my flow. My flow is peace. That peace will be a guard. Anything that violates peace, you know, that's not right. That's not God's flow. If it contradicts the peace inside of you and the word presented to you, it's not right. You don't have to think it. You don't have, you especially don't have to believe it. So one way you, you could resist the devil, if a thought comes, just laugh at it and be like, that's stupid. I'm not going to think that way. Just example, if thought may come, you know, to, to lust or to steal or do whatever, yeah. <laughs> how many of you know, even natural people, if, or, you know, non-Christians, right? Yeah. If a thought comes to steal or to, like, kill, yeah. what do you think they're going to do? They're going to be like, I'm not doing that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we need to do the same thing Hello. in the spiritual lives. Worry comes. I'm not doing that. That's stupid. Right? Okay. Again, recall 2 Timothy 1.7. A sound mind, calm, well-balanced. The mind of Christ. So your flow, what you need to do, which this is another thing I'd like to point out. When you choose worry, you're stepping out of God's flow. Because God doesn't flow through that. He's not a God of confusion and disorder. That's Satan. He's a God of peace and order. Your mind needs to be orderly. You shouldn't want your mind to think any old thing it wants to. Absolutely not. Again, you're stepping out of God's flow. Okay, another proof that peace belongs to you. Uh, Isaiah 26. Starting in verse 3. 
Amen when you get there. God is so good, isn't he? It says, You will guard him and keep him in perfect peace, perfect and constant peace, whose mind, both its inclination and its character, is stayed on you, because he commits himself to you, leans on you, and hopes confidently in you. There you go. Where's your mind at? That can determine whether the peace is present or not, is where your mind's at. If your mind is not on your finances, not on your, in a worryful way about your future or your finances, but it's on God, then peace is there as a guard against those things. Okay, I really like this, verse 12, Lord, you will ordain peace. God's favor and blessings, both temporal and spiritual, for us. For you have also wrought in us and for us all our works. I'm going to use uh, just the New King James because I like one of the words it says for that verse. Just give me a second. Okay. I'll read both verses in the New King James. Verse 3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. You will keep him in perfect peace. Okay, and then verse 12, Lord, you will establish peace for us. I really like the word establish in that setting. You will establish, establish. You know, what do you, I think that word could mean you're grounded, you're set in. It's almost like concrete, you're, you're set in. You're established. And in my Bible, right next to us, I put Rex. Lord, you will establish peace for Rex. For you have also done all our works in us. Again, there you go. Now, for the last few minutes, uh, what do we need to, to do to stay in the flow of peace? First, you may get surprised by what's first. Don't get into your head about it. I have found this out. I was telling this to the youth Bible study yesterday. I have found out you can worry about worry. Worry, Satan can be clever sometimes. He was the serpent, the cleverest of all, right? So, you know, I was made aware that a worry was a problem in my life. So then it would get to the point, I'd be going about my day, something would happen, blah, 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 something stupid. And I'd get in my head, am I worrying about it? And then I'd think, am I worrying about it? Am I worrying about it? I had to realize. Wait a second. You're worrying about worry. So any thought that steps out of peace, any thought, any thought that steps out of peace is not, it's worry or fear. 
and how many of you know all the attacks on the mind are very closely related? Fear could be almost the same thing as worry. You can worry about fear. Like if just naturally you're uh, afraid to do something, you can worry about getting into a situation with it. And all those thoughts contradict the word, which means they're all in that same group. Right? Okay. If you get into your head about it, that will lead you straight back to worry. That will not work. Thinking, if you're trying to do it all in the mental arena, it's not going to work. You're not, it's not. Have you ever had times when the devil's coming against you and God gives you the perfect verse to, con- to yeah. almost like a dagger, bam. Yeah. You know, if you're in your head about it, you may not have that dagger. Right. You're missing the verse. You're missing the principle. You're not tuned into God if you're in your head about it. Therefore, you can miss the mm. and that. And now, you know, oh man. What was the verse the Apostle Paul talking about? He's not a fighter that's beating the air. Yeah, that's right. That tells me he's precise with it. Don't be, a, when you're worrying and in your head about it, you're a Christian trying to beat the air, throwing verses at it. How many of you know, if I'm in a fight, and I'm over here, and my opponent's right there, and I'm going... I'm not going to hit the mark. And the devil is going to, or the opponent's going to be behind me going, bam, 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 beating up on you, and you're missing every time. But, you know, when you have that Raymond word, it's like you have the Superman punch, boom, it's over. And if he tries to get back up, you just hit him with it again. Hit him with it again until he's done. When I think about a fight with a devil, you know, because it talks about stand your ground. Uh-huh. This is just how I think about it. It's not so much a fight like this, right. where you're on equal stance. Yeah. No, that's right. It's a fight like this. Yeah. It's not trying to grab him from up here and go like this. It's just... You're just keeping him in his place. Because, you know, okay. You need to, okay, step two. You need to recognize your authority over the devil. I imagine this will be really good in the Amplified. I don't know if I read it. Uh, Colossians 2, 13 through 15. It's a great thing when you recognize your authority. If a parent doesn't recognize their authority, they're going to have trouble disciplining their child. How many of you know the devil acts like just a child, a big child? So much could be said about the authority you have. I don't have time to tell you all the verses for the authority that you have. You have to look through the epistles. Go through the epistles. I highly recommend it. Look at who you are in Christ. You will have confidence that you've never had before. 
and that nothing else, else can give you. Okay, verse 13 says, And you were dead in trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh. You're not in a seat of authority. Your sensuality, your sinful carnal nature, before you were saved, right? God brought to life together with Christ, having freely forgiven us of all our transgressions. So anything the devil had against us, any dirt he had on us, is taken away. We've been washed clean. I just, these are powerful verses. Verse 14, having canceled and blotted out and wiped away the handwriting of the note, bond, with its legal degrees and demands, which was in force and stood against us, hostile to us. This note, with its regulations, decrees, and demands, he set aside and cleared completely out of our way by nailing it to the cross. You know, when... I like that phrase, nailing it to the cross. Boom. You know, he took your sin and he goes. When he died right then, that took care of it. Verse 15, God disarmed the principalities and powers that were ranged against us and made a bold display and public example of them in triumphing over them in him and in it, the cross. That's a powerful verse right there. This is like, you know, when you're watching football, this is what we call an old-fashioned country butt whooping. That's what this is. A bold display. You know, it's like you're just mopping the floor with them, as they would say. A public display in front of all the devil's buddies. He's going. And now he's down here. He's not up here anymore. And really, he was the God of this world, so he may have been up here. But now he's all the way beneath us. For example, Ephesians 1, 20 through 23. I may not go into it talks about Jesus's place over far it says far above all all you got to look at the scriptures and recognize little words that which are really big words like all all means everything absolute nothing is left nothing is left for him like death will be the last enemy conquered but he has conquered all of Satan's strategies. There's not a strategy that the devil has that hasn't been defeated already. And then, you may say, well, that's Jesus. But Romans chapter 8 talks about how we are joint heirs with him. We are children of God, and God's not going to let us get bullied by a peasant like the Satan, like the devil. He is. They were angels. Angels are servants. Angels are servants. Look at the people in like a castle. Even no matter how young they are, if you're young in the Lord, no matter how young they are, you know they hold a higher place than the servants in that house. 
It doesn't matter if the servant may know more than them. You know, the devil knows the Bible. And if the servant gives you a problem, what do you think that little kid's going to go do? They're going to go tell the person in charge around here. And that servant will probably get punished pretty bad. Okay, remember, Matthew 16, 19. He's given us the keys of the kingdom. We know whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, or you could say the spiritual realm, which is where the devil's is. Okay? And whatever we loose on earth. We could say, devil, I bind you. God, I loose you to do your work in my life, to work your peace in my life. You have got to do this. You will live a much more enjoyable life. Worry is not enjoyable. It's not fun when you're always in a battle with your own self. Because the devil may give you the thought, but once you take it, he may leave you to do the rest. Because once you take that worry, you're in a battle with yourself at that point. You got to say, no, I'm not going to think this way. And it's as simple as a choice. Peace is as simple as a choice. Amen. Worry is as simple as a choice. Those with authority, they use their authority with something as simple as words. They don't have to put on a display to tell somebody to do something. They don't have to impress this person before they can operate in their authority over them. They say, go do this, and it happens. Go do this, and it happens. Come bring this, and it happens. That's the authority we have. That's how God put everything into place with, with his words. You have to counteract the devil with your words. And, again, you may not have... Does this look like authority if you're in a constant battle warring with those? You're warring in it. No. You're calm, and you say... No. No. You do this. Be strong, but you don't necessarily have to scream all the time. Pastor Nancy said that her mother said that if a parent is the one shouting, they've forgotten their authority. They have forgot that they were the ones in charge. Don't forget that you were the ones in charge. And when thoughts of worry try to come about different situations, I won't go there for time's sake. I'm almost through. Uh, 1 Peter 5, 7. This is is an answer. Casting all your cares on him, for he cares for you. You know, God cares for you. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Yeah. Thoughts of peace. Yeah. Plural, thoughts. Yeah. That I think, that's present tense. He is currently thinking good thoughts toward you. Yeah. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, yeah. to give you a future and a hope. Yeah. Not worry. Yeah. You don't have to figure it out. You have to say yes to what God thinks. Yeah. You have to accept God's way of thinking. And the Amplified says something like casting your cares upon him and not picking it up. 
that's probably not, that's not an exact quote, but that's the gist of it. Go, you can go look at it, not picking it up. You're leaving it there, never to pick it up again. And that's what you do when the devil brings it. No, it's on God. God it's God's doing the work. God knows what you need, and you have his great unshakable word saying that those things would be added to you if, Dad says that's the biggest word in the Bible, you will set your focus on the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We didn't get back to Matthew chapter 6. <laughs> you can read it later. <laughs> you know, you got to be in your Bible anyways, right? Homework, that's right, Miss Joy. But all the things, everything that the devil would want you to care and think about, God already knows. And he already knows what you want. And like I said, it's better than a dream. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that you could ask or think. According to the power that works in us. I mean, your future young people and older people, adults. If you leave it in God's hands and just keep doing what God tells you to do, it's better than what you could think. It's better than what you could have worried and thought about that entire time. So it's no use wasting your life and making your life miserable by thinking about it. It's, you will enjoy your life more if you do kind of what I said. I'm not thinking about it. I'll just say yes to what God wants. And go listen to the messages from last week. You know, I'm just gathering up a group of things that I heard and putting it into this. That's what this is. So if you want more, go back, listen to it, feed on this. So while he's taking care of all the things in the background or on the forefront, just do your part, rely on him, and sit back and relax. I think I'm done. Answer the devil. Hallelujah.